This is just a fascinating story. Have you seen this video? A violinist has gone viral after this video came out from a hospital showing her actually playing her violin, well, wait for it, undergoing brain surgery. Have a listen. just incredible that is dagmar turner who plays the violin for the uh, isle of wright symphony orchestra and she was actually taken out of anesthesia during the surgery and asked to play her violin as a way for surgeons to monitor her brain function our medical expert dr lucas is on the line and joins us now here on global news radio 640 toronto doctor good afternoon sir Good afternoon, Jeff. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Uh, first of all, uh, I was unaware, and listen, I'm no brain surgeon, uh, but I was uh, unaware that uh, you actually conduct brain surgery without fully putting a patient under. Is that right? Um, that is correct. Yeah, there is an entity called awake brain surgery, as scary as that is. And you may ask, why is this done? Well, if there is a tumor or a cancer or a section of the brain that causes seizures, and this needs surgical removal, what we like to do is we keep the patient, not that I do this either, but we keep the patient awake um, so that you're not damaging an area of the brain that affects your language, your speech, or your motor skills, for example, like playing the violin. And it's difficult to know which areas of these brains are there before the surgery. So the awake brain surgery allows the surgeon to know exactly which areas of your brain control these functions, and then avoid them to not affect them. And if you're a concert violin player, you definitely would not want this to be affected. Sure. So this is Dagmar Turner again, a symphony violinist. And uh, obviously then, doctor, they got her to start playing the uh, violin because uh, they were there busy trying to remove a tumor in her brain and wanted to make sure that uh, they were not damaging or disrupting that part of the brain that uh, enables her to do what she does. Yeah, no, and that's and that's exactly it. So, I mean, it's it's unbelievable some of the things that people have thought of, but our brain, it controls many different functions. It controls your motor functions. It controls the way we speak. Someone like yourself, you'd want to make sure that you're not damaging a big part of your speech. And so during the surgery, what's interesting is either the neurosurgeon, and you could kind of hear him in the background talking to the patient, or sometimes it's a speech-language pathologist. They'll ask questions. They'll ask you to identify pictures or words on a card or different computer uh, images. And doing this, we'll see if your responses are actually helping us remove um, the tumor away from those areas which could cause disability in the future. Yeah, listen, this is the craziest symphony you'll ever uh, witness. She is literally uh, lying there on the OR table playing the uh, violin while the doctors are busy doing their work. And you can hear, uh, as I think in our audio we played there, like uh, the the oxygen or compression machine going, and the doctors talking uh, amongst themselves. But is the thought, Lucas, that uh, if she stops playing or the playing is interrupted, that uh, they would back off whatever they're doing in the brain? Yeah, so exactly that. So imagine, Jeff, if there's an area of the brain that contains this tumor, this mass that's there, and you're trying to cut very carefully around it to remove the tissue. But if you're sensing, because you do have to remove some of the brain tissue, if you're sensing that if you remove this tiny little area, and this is microsurgery too that we're talking about, is going to cause 
some permanent damage, this is a problem. So what the medical team often does is they do detailed 3D images before the surgery, during the surgery. Oftentimes they'll also do an MRI during the surgery and you have all these computer assisted um, uh, software that helps you to guide you to remove as much of that brain tumor without causing permanent damage. Like this violinist would say, if you cause damage, I don't want you doing this. So that is the importance of why they're doing it and being so diligent and discussing point by point. Can you do this? Can you do this? Okay, we know when we're in the right area. We can remove this area safely, and it's not going to cause disability. You know, that was my next question. I mean, if this is uh, so important and so central to the uh, patient, the ability to play the uh, violin, what happens if they get to a crucial point of the surgery and the playing is affected, but they can't get the tumor out uh, without disrupting that? Uh, Did they make an agreement beforehand? Uh, How would that work? Do you know? Yeah, so usually before anyone goes in for any kind of surgery, always we discuss risks, benefits, and then what might happen during the surgery. And there's a together understanding where I wasn't privy to this conversation, but oftentimes patients say, look, if this is going to cause some damage, I don't want it being done. And so I'm assuming that they had a good conversation before the surgery and said, look, if this is going to damage an important body function for me, I want you to leave this in. Now, of course, the, the, the problem with this, and you can imagine this, no one's going to feel comfortable leaving a brain tumor inside someone's brain. But then there are sometimes other things we could do. Maybe it's radiation that they offer rather than surgical removal. And potentially with that radiation, you can shrink it some more and then go back in and do another operation. So I think this is a great conversation that patients have with their surgeons. And, um, and of course, I'm, I'm sure that's what happened in this case as well. You know, obviously the doctors, they're medical uh, professionals, and they do this uh, day in and uh, day out. Uh, I'm wondering, uh, Lucas, uh, what this must be like for a patient. I mean, if I'm lying there on the table, and I'm sorry to be so graphic, but literally with my head open, and you're asking me to to play, play the uh, violin, I mean, that's just got to be an incredible uh, experience. And I mean, what an excellent point, Jeff. I mean, we can't, um, we can imagine what it's like being the patient. And oftentimes as the physician, and when I do procedures, we try to empathize or put ourselves in the situation of the patient, but it's so impossible to think of how difficult that is. Your brain is open. They're cutting out a piece of tissue. They're asking you different things, different commands. And yet this violinist is doing an incredible job keeping up playing a symphony, as you said, it's an unbelievable story. I don't think we can understate how incredible this is. And, um, you know, for the, just, to, just to put everyone at ease, the patient is not in pain. So despite them being awake, there are a lot of nerve block agents. There's numbing medications all throughout. So they're not in pain as they're doing it. So I don't want anyone thinking it's a, it's a torture chamber in there, but it is absolutely incredible. And this is a powerful story, and I'm glad this is shedding some light for people to see as an inspiration. Yeah, you know, I would just be full, so full of nerves and anxiety if I was the uh, patient uh, on that table. But talk about grace under pressure for the uh, patient and obviously the uh, medical staff and the uh, doctors. Uh, you're right. It's absolutely an incredible medical feat, and it's another one of those sort of moments here in 2020 where you just shake your head and you're just like, it's amazing where we're at when it comes to technology and medicine. Dr. Lucas, appreciate the time as always. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jeff. Take care.